It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You described an issue there without using adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just do that? Because it sounds a bit like, but on the mic with it. Right, okay, here we go. <laughs> nonsense, absolute nonsense. Episode 202 of 20 Minute Tims, and I am joined by Stephen. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Merry Christmas, Melly. Merry Christmas, one and I am Jamie. This is the Christmas special. We yeah. seem to, what, last year we recorded on actual Christmas Eve. It was actual Christmas Eve, yeah. It's not Christmas Eve this time around. It's the day before Christmas. Christmas so Eve, Eve. Christmas yes, Eve, yeah. Eve. Are we all suitably prepared for the Christmas festivities? Steve. Christmas Steve. <laughs> <laughs> You're Christmas Steve. <laughs> Are we suitably prepared for the festivities, Melly? Yes, all done. All done? All done. You've done all your shopping. I was in town today and got sassed by a man in the night shop yeah. uh, as I returned to buy a jacket that I'd saw last week and he assured me that it's not been in the shop for five years, mate. So that... that <laughs> Easy that, mistake to make, <laughs> innit? That really, annoyed, that really annoyed me. I was either in two weeks ago or in 2014. I can't remember, but I definitely saw the jacket in here. Uh, have you done all your Christmas shopping, Stephen? I am as prepared for Christmas as I am for this very podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Take from that what you will. <laughs> Here we go. Before we get into this very podcast, I suppose we should do a little bit of housekeeping, and that means Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is by now, Google it. Patreon <laughs> is a service which lets you support this podcast in exchange for additional content in the form of podcasts. And what we do is we cover Celtic from many various angles to previews, to reaction, to yes. covering the reserves. We have got Celtic covered. If you like what we do on this Monday podcast and you want to hear more, check out www.patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. And for the price of a Greg's Coffee a month, oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, a yeah, Greg's a Coffee a month, you can get numerous, numerous podcasts from us three and others. Well, that's the housekeeping done. Yes. We need to get straight to the football because it's a busy, busy month for Celtic. It's a busy podcast. We have got Hearts to talk about. We've got Aberdeen to talk about. And we've got the Huns to look forward to. It is the most wonderful time of the year, gentlemen. First of many Christmas puns in there, probably. We're going to try and shoehorn in as many as we possibly can. Careful not to overlook St Mirren as well. One game at a time, after all. Have you got anything better there, Melly? Something about Saints on Christmas or something? Well... It's all about Saint Nicholas, but we'd be very careful not to overlook Saint Mirren. Oh, that's right. We've got Saint. We've got, you know what? Far too many games of football. Far too many. Altogether, games of fo- far too many. Altogether, games. far too many games. I suppose we should talk about Hearts first. Yeah. Hearts downfall is <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful to me. You go in an ambudgeon. I, really, I really like you. No, no, no. She's a real canny operator. That's exactly <laughs> what she's doing. Ambudge. 
they're in a bit of a state, a bit of a state at this time of year, and have been all season. Hearts, um, no new manager bounced to speak of as no. yet. Um, Melly and I got together to cover it for Patreon for the Match Companion, and they they weren't an awful lot better at all. We we weren't really sure what version of them were going to turn up. Whether they they were just a decent squad in need of better guidance. Now that they've Almost, but not quite. Get rid of the Craig Levine. <laughs> Did you read that in the <laughs> paper today? Yeah, he's I'm... going to run rule over the place. <laughs> it's, like, it's absolutely incredible. The man is the man is suffocating your club. It's like it's like say you had a mole, right, and it was giving you a bit of bother, and you went to the doctor and they said, right, you're going to need to cut that out. Um, and they, you went, by the way, can I just keep it? Can I take it with me and just <laughs> yeah. carry it about? Well, that's what hearts are doing with Craig Levine. <laughs> um, but. It's, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the point of bringing this new coach in was if they're they're just going to stick with, with Craig Levine just being the ghost at the feast yes. over the entire thing. <laughs> yes. I have no yeah. idea. But The ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <it's a> <laughs> the first couple of games under Daniel Steno, it's hard to really glean exactly what they're going to be like, but they have been adopting a more a more aggressive, more high-pressing, high-energy start to the game, at least before they realise they don't really have the players for it. They've got several players over the age of 33, 34, yes. even up to 37, so it's not really it's not really an approach suited to the type of squad they have. But at least he's trying something something different with it. Um, I'd, they started okay. They started okay against Celtic, not hugely threatening. I th- from memory, I think they had one effort, a, a week in a trundler, into Fraser Forster from Bozanic, Um to, to show for it and really that was it that was that was all they had to show for the entire energetic start they had Celtic basically took control from that point I think if Hearts end up going down and they're in real danger of going yeah, down they because they're in the form of teams that get relegated terrible stadium terrible fans terrible team <laughs> that pitch was awful um, if Hearts go down you know I'll be celebrating Melly <laughs> oh yeah it was funny the first time it'll be funny again <laughs> but they're in real danger I mean they, they could be in real financial trouble if they go I mean I don't know but you just assume that Hearts are obviously a team with that massive squad with high profile-ish players they're budgeting for Premier League football if they continue and they end up down they could be in real bother is Anne Budge not said they budget for third, third or fourth place like was last year she said third place is where they aim to be Jeez, oh man! Nah, they're absolutely laughing. Austin McPhee was talking about qualifying for the Europa. I qualifying for the Europa League as well. There, we're a Europa League club. Are you, oh, Austin? Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> good. A wee bit of too much of the <laughs> Christmas cheer for McPhee. There. <laughs> they're in a sorry state, but it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yep. Celtic turned up, and Hearts for the as Stephen said for their decent start to the game. As soon as Celtic got a hold of the game, it was it was curtains for them. Yeah, they're, pretty much. They're poor, and as you say. That pitch did not not let football be played on it, but I thought Celtic played some decent stuff once they did. got it down. Yeah, Levine's influence still being felt <laughs> on the pitch as well, quite literally on the ground. But it's one thing I would say about Hearts, yes, I would celebrate if they went down. I hate them. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't stand Hearts, right? But what I said to Melly the other night on the Match Companion was that part of me just wishes that the manager would be competent. I hope he's all right. Uh, to, not enough to keep them up or not enough to, to have them do anything in my hearts but I just hope he isn't the usual bungling foreign managers that is, that's going to give everyone the same old excuse to jump in or the old dinosaurs on sports he's or, chance that, or two footer and in there well, or they should have given it to Presley or somebody who understands the game somebody, <laughs> I, somebody I, who's, who's got a bit of dig a bit of this well, a bit poor of, old what's his face at Kilmarnock they yeah, just I, get Completely yeah, thrown under the bus. Prime example, exactly. I just can't be bored with all the, the same pterodactyls circling <laughs> over, over... Angelo Lessie, poor old yeah. <laughs> um, I think the problem with Hearts is, 
we're talking more about Hearts and Celtic this, but it's great. I, I really do love it. Daniel Stendhal's almost got no chance. As you say, Melly, he doesn't have his own backroom staff. Yep. He's still got McPhee and Levine, Levine. slurking about in the, <laughs> the corridors of power. So it, from what we've seen, as you've said, Stephen, almost no new manager bounce. No, no. Whatsoever. No. You know, they, they were playing a different shape against us. They were trying to be a bit high pressing. The, the team didn't look to me like they were figuring it out. Celtic are sort of experimenting with a wee bit of a different shape at the moment. We've got a couple of injuries to Elianusi and Mikey Johnson. So Neil Lennon's found a shape which managed to accommodate Olivia and Cham into the side. Mm. Um, Johnny Hayes also made his return to left back for that game, which was the talk of the discord. Um, this is this is one of these ones where you feel bad, right? Johnny Hayes is a, a he's becoming a bit of a divisive figure, isn't he, among yeah, Celtic yeah. fans? Like there's Celtic fans who. As far as I can tell, call it as they see it with Johnny Hayes. He's not a very good footballer. In this game in particular, he gave the ball away numerous times, yeah. got himself into bother numerous times against a pretty poor Hearts team. But then there's a, the other side of the argument where people are saying, look, you can't keep hammering the guy. He's a Celtic player. What side of the camp do you two fall on? I understand that second argument, yeah. but unfortunately I'm firmly in the first one. I just don't think he's, he's very good at all. And I, it gives me no pleasure to do that. I don't want to come on a Celtic podcast and talk about the, the club and all that and, and just hammer we, a we, player. Do you know what the difference is about this? Because we get a bit of stick on this for doing this in the podcast about picking up on Johnny Hayes' poor performances. But here's the difference. We don't laugh at him like we did with Jack Hendry. No, no, that's, that's it, very it, true. <laughs> it, it seems a bit fucking snide to say it, but you know, you look at Jack Hendry and you go, "That that guy's just he, he's yeah. te- he's terrible." Just we forgot about Jack Hendry, yeah. but with Johnny Hayes, we look at his performances every time he starts. We go, "Right, okay, let's see what he gets to offer this time." And unfortunately, it's the same thing over and over and over again. He had a particular shocker against Hearts. The first half and was shocking, really. I sort of argued that oh, you need a player like that because the pitch is so bad. You need guys who are going to give you that drive, that dig and all that. But okay, but with that, he was still the worst player in, yeah. in Green and yeah, White yeah, Groups yeah, that yeah. night. So that that obviously didn't... I, again, I stopped myself here. I just I don't want to do this. I don't want to have a go at Johnny Hayes, but I just don't think he's very good. I don't think he's a very good footballer at all. I, I appreciate all the, all the attributes that he carries. He, he has run himself absolutely into injury for, for yeah. Celtic. He's put his body on the line time and again for Celtic. He's come back too soon from injuries. He had a dislocated shoulder, a potentially fractured foot or something mm. quite recently as well. And he just, he's back giving his all every single time. But his all is just, is it's not good enough. It is short of where a Celtic footballer should be in terms of ability. What do you think the problem is with Taylor? I don't know. I thought he played well in the games he was in. And Johnny Hayes, I, I've never thought he's good enough for Celtic. I don't think he was a good enough winger. I don't think now putting him in at left back where it's not his position. Yes, he has had the odd good game or two. He scored at Ibrooks, but it's been too long now. That first half was pitiful. He, he was falling over. He was giving yeah. the ball away. He, he couldn't even do the basics right. And see if it was the only option we had. Yeah. Fair enough. But we've got two other competent left-backs who that is their natural position and I, I don't know why it's a loyalty thing with Lennon because Hayes does give him everything but you've said it before Stephen we can't just reward effort yeah, yeah, when there's yeah. better quality in the squad it's getting silly we've seen it with Lewis Morgan it didn't work Johnny Hayes against Rangers in the cup final yes he didn't do anything he cost, cost us but he gave the ball away what was it 17 times yeah. more than he did past his own player yeah. and in the Hearts game it just it, it was beyond comical the stuff he was doing it, it was like a guy that had won a competition falling about giving the ball away 
trying to clear the ball and it's going straight to Hearts players, it just it stood out like a sore thumb because the rest of Celtic's players were good. It's one of these situations with Johnny Hayes that I really want to sit down with ball and goalie or Greg Taylor and say, what is it the manager likes about him? Because you're obviously not doing it. And, That's a good you, point. And yeah, you need yeah. to look at your own performance. Is it yeah. because Johnny Hayes endlessly tracks up and down that wing? Because that is one thing that Johnny Hayes does. He never gets lost up the pitch like you, like we criticised Bowling Goalie yeah. for yeah. last episode. He's not taking the easy option. Yeah. He's trying. He's always coming back. He's got boundless energy up and down there, throwing himself into trying to block things. You know, the pro- main problem with Johnny Hayes is his spatial awareness isn't the best but that's because he's not really a left back and he's, his passing is from defence is really poor Yeah, but you, but you want to be saying to Greg Taylor how come he's doing he's obviously doing something that you're not prepared to do it's an interesting way of looking at it I hadn't actually considered that it's, it's probably it's, it's clear that Johnny Hayes is offering something that Greg Taylor isn't in, in Neil Lennon's eyes at least I don't know what it is I, I couldn't really imagine to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. watching the two of them play but that's clearly the case uh, I want to caveat this. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that I, I have said it before, but I want to say it again just to just to feel better about myself when I do this to John Hayes. I still think it's not his fault. All you can do is give your absolute all. Oh, like, aye, aye, aye. like everyone in this room would if they were given a yeah. chance to play for Celtic. That's what John Hayes is doing. I'm just, I simply just don't believe he's good enough. And I would also say that Melly said it. He's never a left back. He's never a left back in a million Again, not his fault. Right winger, as yeah, we've said before. Spent his entire right career up to the age of thirty-two or whatever it is as a right winger or you know across the front three attacker, right? And now all of a sudden he's a left back, and everyone judges him as one. And it just it's not working out for the guy. After the game. And well, towards the end of the game, it was actually trending on Twitter. Well, with how bad it was. And Check I think, you out. Yeah, and I think I think it's just <laughs> missed off social media. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just very, very unfortunate that that had to happen. I would have, I would probably have taken him off at half time. It got slightly better in the second half. In fairness to him, he was slightly better in the first. But again, there was another moment where he drove forward, took a heavy touch that took him too wide, and then was it clear? Just come over. Yeah, just come over and took the ball off him, and he just fell over again. So it's. Uh, a regrettable performance for him and I think it's probably just time to stop that experiment but you are right he's obviously doing something that impresses Neil Lennon and Greg Taylor isn't another thing that Neil Lennon's done because of injuries or selection issues is he's found a shape that has got what he probably sees as as what many people including myself really would see is most of his best footballers Mm. on the pitch at one time this midfield three of Cham, McGregor and Brown which pushes Forrest out to the left Christie out to the right with Odson Edward up front Um, we can talk about it a wee bit when we're talking about the Aberdeen game but I've got my reservations about this shape Melly I don't really think I think this is one of these situations where having most of your best footballers on the pitch doesn't necessarily result in the best team because I don't think Forrest does his best work in the left I don't think Christie does his best work out of the 10 position Yeah I think uh, right there uh, two wingers it doesn't get the best out of them. You see Ryan Christie, we know he's a number 10, but right now it's sort of out of necessity with Mikey Johnson just coming back and El Unicey out till the new year. But you've seen it in the Aberdeen game more because hearts were woeful. We we had enough to beat them and to be honest, we could have beat them by more, but it was more in the Aberdeen game. You've seen it with just a wee tweak and putting getting our best, getting our players into their best position. That's when the game really opened up for mm. Celtic. Now against hearts, we were fine, we created a lot of chances, most of the players played quite well, or yeah, yeah. well enough to get the job done, but in the Aberdeen game it really showed up that it wasn't working, but there wasn't much else we can do with Johnson just returning from injury. 
We've often given Neil Lennon credit on this podcast for being able to fashion a team out of what's available. I think the, the phrase you've used quite often, Jamie, is bric-a-brac. Yes. Throwing a team together with bric-a-brac. And, that, and that's good. If you can do that on occasion, out of necessity and freshen things up a wee bit and put your best players out there and get a good result, it's great. It's, it's when it starts to be maybe three games in a row, three games out of four, because there was the back three just yeah. quite recently. When you start to get three games out of four, four games out of mm. five, it starts to become a prolonged, kind of protracted thing. You start to see the stretch of these players' capabilities. I don't mean in terms of their ability as football, I just mean their capabilities of frequently, too frequently playing out of position. And we've seen it with Forrest recently, he's been very, very quiet, and I yeah. don't blame him for it. I think he's just playing out of position. However, having said that, he's still involved, he's still heavily involved in creating the goals. We're just not seeing the, the James Forrest, the full on 100% James Forrest we know we can. Saying that though, how did we get that first goal? Forrest, oh, Christie and oh, Edward oh, all absolutely involved. Oh. Absolutely brilliant. I didn't, I didn't notice that Edward touch until the replay. Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah. It was, it was one of those ones where he sort of sucked four Hearts players <laughs> around him. I swear, like, right round. I know he's like none of them Whoop, no bother. The pictures of it have been superb because it shows. It's like remember that famous picture of David Weir completely facing the wrong way. Yeah, Scott Brown. The Scott Brown thing. It's like those. If, I said on the match companion if they call it a back heel is doing it at the service because yeah. it wasn't a back no, heel it was like two a, touches yeah like down, a eh? weird sort of pirouette but not quite I kind of rolled it out of these these four players four players surrounded them none of them know where the ball is at all until it's already gone when you watch it back you see that the the margin for error is absolutely tiny as well because Aye. he squeezes it between two players who are already sticking their foot out. There must be a, like there's the ball-sized hole in between these players, and he has somehow rolled it in between them. It is absolutely sensational. Can I just can I just say something? Nods to Edward. Now's the time to say it. Crack on. Step aside, Mister Dembele. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, we've got a new king. We have. The, there's a new king in town. Hey guys, it's a Christmas party. You I can am, say whatever I, you want here. No, no, no. I am crowning a new king. Odds and Edward. The best striker since Lawson. Oh, it's bold. It's bold, especially when he's not on great form now. He's not in bad form right now. Yeah, but he has, he's played better and he's still putting in the performances, setting he is, up goals. He is the man in this team. He is the king. He is the crown atop of this Neil Lennon football team. If Fortune Edwards is to get to the end of this season, picks up another trophy and has turned in the level of goals got. <laughs> The thing is, it's not just about goal scoring odds and Edward. That, that's, that's the thing. Well, and this is what I'm coming yeah. to because Dembele played really well when Celtic were playing well. See, when Celtic need dug out a hole, you can always yeah. rely on odds and Edward. Yeah, and he point. quite often creates his own chances, creates Aye. chances for other players. But what I'm saying is, if he gets to the end of the season, keeps up this level of, as you say, Mel, he's not in, he's not in top Edward form just now, but he's still playing well. If he's scored. 25, 28, whatever goals mm. this season. See that thing you've just laying down in the, the middle of the room? Yes. Yeah, that, that hot take. I will pick it up and accept it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I will do. Move aside, Musa. There's a new king in town, Melly. <laughs> it's, it's a good point, but come, when we come on to the Aberdeen game, I've got a couple of wee things I'm not happy with. Well, you're going to oh, criticise no. him? Oh. Well, I'm going well, to tell Stephen <laughs> to edit it out because I'm not interested in hearing it. Not a criticism, it's just something that could make him even better. Ryan Christie scores something like 90% of his goals in the first half an hour of matches yeah. and he'd done it again against Hearts as you said sort of Forrest kind of ran on to that Edward flick but Ryan Christie took it tackled each other yeah, yeah he's like I'll have it that was a finish also straight out of the top draw yeah and it wasn't in the bottom draw in the bottom <laughs> draw yeah 
It's a nice wee touch just away from himself to open up the space as well. Just a slight wee nudge with his left foot before he, he unleashes it. But as as Melly said on the match companion, you say unleash, but it's not as if he's just hit an absolute pile driver. He's placed that yeah. in the bottom corner. It doesn't go in at speed. It doesn't really go in as if it's like it's past the keeper before he even knows it's it's gone. It rolls in, but it's such a perfect finish. It actually swings away from the keeper and into the bottom corner. You don't, you're not saving that. No, you're Precision not saving that. beats power That's once it, again. Exactly, yeah. A smashing goal, smashing finish. And as soon as that went in, because when, when, when we're watching the game, it was a bit... Hearts were up and at us at the start. They were yeah. right in our faces, but then you remember they're absolutely pish. And Celtic <laughs> just get the ball down and played. Yeah. That was Neil Lennon's team talk. <laughs> now remember, lads. Lads, it's Hearts. There you go. That's the the difference between the two teams. Hearts had that we hardly even pressure, but they had that sustained yeah. period where they kept us in a half. Celtic just go up the pitch and score. The quality comes through in the end. It was a great goal, great finish. And once that went in, you thought, oh, they could be on for another one here, boys, because hearts really crumble when they let in a goal. One thing on the goal, though, one thing. Don't you oh, dare do it. Goes, Don't dare. I'm that, not having it. I'm not having it. That celebration. I'm not having it. If you're, if you're expecting a rant here, you're not going to get it. But <laughs> all I would have done, all I would have done, dead easy. I'm not going to get over the top with it. All I would have done is chop off the goal and cancel, <laughs> and cancel Christmas as well. Just as <laughs> no, it, it was actually quite funny because I think Christy kind of owned it after the game. He said that like, I'm probably going to get stick for weeks for that, yeah. that celebration. But it's again a thing you really enjoy it because it's your players and the the, wee, the big grin on Frimpong's face as he's yeah. doing it. Like, this is brown, but you know for a fact if you saw like. Jess, Jesse Lingard that's yeah. exactly who I was going to say if you saw him there you'd be furious it's <laughs> <laughs> on the channel over <laughs> another goal before half time came from Olivia and Cham which makes me look a bit foolish Melly after saying that he sort of unbalances the team a wee bit yeah it was more in the Aberdeen game but in this game he did okay but I still I want more from him because as you said Stephen he's really good at football but <laughs> is that, we really need it honestly I'm, I can't let you say that anymore <laughs> this is a Podcast this is a professional need, environment. Generally, we need to do a bit better than Odson Edwards. Really good at football. <laughs> we can't put that on a t-shirt. That's what we mean. We need to just find better ways to say <laughs> it. Yeah, but with this goal, it was again going to Tyne Castle. You just love to see a goal like that because hearts are on the break. The fans like, oh, we've got a chance here. Ten seconds later, it's in the back of their net, yeah. and they're another goal down. Another steal from Scott Brown plays it in. Forrest thought he could have played it earlier. It was very similar to the goal last season in Lennon's first game, where Sinclair plays it into uh, Burke, and Burke yeah. puts it over to Forrest. But if uh, Forrest had played it first time in a uh, Edward, I thought he could have been in. But he did, takes on the player, puts it across Edward. Noticed it in the Hibs game last week when for his goal, when the ball goes over to the right and James Forrest picks it up, Edward is sort of in front of the defender and he just drops off and creates space for himself. He's really good at doing that. And again, he was in the right place, but there was just a fraction out for him and then and Cham comes in behind him and that finish is quite underrated because yeah, it was yeah. a hard one to take. Open goal, but... Yeah. A lot of players like, could easily balloon that, but Easy. he gets it gets it under control and just a, another goal at a smashing time. 2-0 just before half-time. Kills hearts off and we're done. There was actually quite a similar moment, just talking of how easy it might have been to miss that. There was a, a moment in the Southampton game at the weekend where it was, I think it was Hoiberg. Um, Don't watch that muck. No, the muck. <laughs> he drove forward half the length of the pitch, laid it off to 
Ings, I think it was, out on the left-hand side, and he took a shot on, and it was pretty poor. But then it broke to Hoiberg, and it was an open goal as well, but he skied it well over the bar. It would, he could have easily knocked it in, but he, he knocked it over. So I credit to Encham for that. I would love to just credit um, Brown in the build-up to the yeah. goal, because you said he stole the ball on halfway line. Doesn't quite cover it. Yeah, well. Watch it back. When Brown releases the ball, he immediately makes a beeline straight for the player that he took it off and just wrestles him to the ground <laughs> so, so he can't possibly get back involved in the in the recovery it's hilarious it just it just stops he see he looks over his shoulder sees the guy about to run past him and he just tackles him you were a big fan of scott brown oh week, yeah it was tip, a king shit house he was that night it was absolutely <laughs> glorious to watch booked early on oh, doesn't yeah. affect him makes him better I'll, I, is it loic demur is that his first name mm, yeah uh, he sounds was, like he should be good nice uh, it sounds like he should be it's good it's a lovely name, it's lovely name yeah. not too happy with Scott Brown he says um, he's treated like the king of the premiership <laughs> boy's a fast learner yeah, exactly uh, yeah. Scott Brown could do no wrong he does whatever he wants and the referees can't stop him seems like a silly thing to say in a game where Scott Brown was booked <laughs> but in quite early yeah. uh, but we've said this but it must be hell on earth if you're having a bad day and Scott Brown is you're up against you in midfield <laughs> just making your Damn life even if you're having a good day he's just he can take the, that guy Scott Brown basically appeared out of nowhere for that guy. It wasn't as if he took a terrible touch. No. It's just Scott Brown's so aware, so on it, just nicks it off and plays it away and then takes the guy down. And what, five seconds later, your team's another goal yeah. down from, what was it, a corner they had? And it was breaking out. So it was a great goal. And I love scoring counter-attacking goals. Like Aye, that. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, I do love Castle. a counter-attacking goal. It's just so quick. The front, front player's combining and then in Cham doing what he should be doing when he's in a number 10 position he's following it in great finish and another great goal at Tenka James Forrest involved in that one again as well yeah. that's right yeah he had one earlier on where he was put through and boy got his technique all wrong he could have done his outside oh, of the right, right yeah. foot he could have <laughs> taken yeah. a left foot shot <laughs> uh, that's right. I don't know what he was thinking that could have put his 2 up at the time but uh, I think he knew right after it he just got it completely wrong he just side footed it past the post that was weak but he did well to set up the goal. It was a great run. Edward could have had a hat trick in that game. Yeah. He had a, had three or four really good chances. He probably should have finished the one that ended up with McGregor sticking the ball in the back of the net from an offside position. Mm. Five minutes later, the linesman put his flag up to let <laughs> yeah. everyone know. I, I thought it was funny, like, Michael Stewart, I think maybe it was Michael Stewart was commentating on the game. He seemed stoned all night, Michael Stewart. <laughs> he, he had a strange, strange night. I know he's a he's a jambo and all that, but he's a, he's a very strange night in the he, old commentary. He just he's, he can't let things go. <laughs> no. He just cannot let them go, and he's I like, think, yes, that's why you need VAR and all this. And you're like, there was one other one, but it, it was your boy, is it Curry, Daryl Curry? Or, um, where do you remember the incident later on as well? Where was it a Hearts player passed it to Griffiths, and he ran through. And the linesman put his flag up, even yeah. though it was a, a Hearts player who gave it to him. But the commentator said, "Oh, the flag stays down," as if that like, he was expecting it. And then he tried to style it out a wee bit later <laughs> by claiming this, that he got it right. It was a, a very, very Mike, odd night Michael for the Stewart refs. Was like a dug with a bone, no, no, oh, yeah. and he just kept banging on about it. And then they had like he's so passive aggressive, and he's dead <laughs> pass aggy. Like throw a, a snide comment. Did you see in a uh, midweek? I says that. The SPFL or the F- SFA, one of the two, they are they are now commissioning a study into whether VAR should be used in Scottish <laughs> football. Oh. And you're thinking, VAR is the bane of the English Premier League at the moment. <laughs> it's terrible. You know, man. everyone is like, we can't do this. Yeah. This doesn't work. You know, football's not meant to be judged. You know, five microns offside and and all this sorts of stuff. Um, 
And I, only this point how unbearable this podcast would be was talking about VAR every I week. <laughs> I don't do it because you'll ruin our podcast. But I know the tide is really turning against VAR and everyone's like, nah, mm. there needs to be a better way to do this. And it's at this point in the SFA go, we should look at this VAR thing everyone's <laughs> talking about. I, I mean, what chance would Scotland, what chance would you have in Scotland with VAR when England have got full-time refs, like the most professional yeah. league in the world, all that money, and we've got Willie Collum <laughs> and Kevin Clancy going, hey, I'm looking at the iPad now, it definitely was a free kick. <laughs> I've got it up in my VTech. Because <laughs> all that is is just another bad referee yeah, watching yeah. the telly. I was going to say, let's walk before we can run here. Let's get better refs I before mean, we start getting a, a robot one. <laughs> I think the worry for the Scottish refs is they might not keep their standings for like the Euros or the World Cup because they don't know how to yeah, use it they'll be using VAR there but the refs are abysmal they now like I know they could do more help but not more bad help that's the, ref, the last thing they need who was the ref in the Hearts game? Bobby Madden but you know, I mean speaking of refs I don't think he had the best game in the Hearts game <laughs> sure didn't no. No. <laughs> weird you should say that Jamie. yes I agree uh, There was my, my favourite of the night was when he booked Dyer for, for having a Celtic shirt on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could gather there was a, a strange moment where was it Hayes committed a very very soft foul it wasn't his fault in fairness to the guy just went down and then there was a bit of a, a back and forward the ball breaks back to Hayes he tried a wee clearance and padded it straight out to the guy but then the ref just comes over and books Ayer for absolutely no reason involved in it I'm absolutely no idea what was going on but again it's all brother Madden <laughs> expect the unexpected <laughs> There was another refereeing incident that led to the first instance, the first sighting this year of uh, the snarling man, the snarling oh. Neil Lennon, that old familiar trademark. His wee scrunched up face. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the Lenny Tynecastle face. Ah, his, wee cr- <laughs> his wee crumpled up face. In the, in the, the bonnet like, came off. Yeah, and he did say after the game that he was exasperated with the ref. He didn't go too far, he reined himself back in and just said, I was exasperated, we'll leave it at that. The referee is a top referee, generous, um, <laughs> but I'm allowed to get exasperated at some decisions sometimes. That's what Lennon said after the game. Yes, I think that sums it up quite well. Hearts, um, their keeper kept it respectable, Joel Pereira, who I think is on loan from Man United. Yeah, um, he had one or two really good saves, one from Edward and one from McGregor, who's normally very reliable in those just wee clips with the left foot mm. across the keeper. He got down to it really well. So I thought he he certainly played his part in keeping it respectable and keeping it away from like a five or six and a drubbing they could have got at home. But um, all in all, I thought, it's something that's a, it's a theme with a season. Celtic are just going about these games pretty just professionally and, and solid performances really I think um, I'm struggling to pick any real fault in the way they went about their, their business that night. Yeah again it's a good result because it's Hearts and it is a weight time cast you think it could potentially be a difficult game with the yeah. way everything goes and how they've been in the past but to go there 2-0 first half just another professional job same yes. as Hibs job these are good decent enough teams although they're not playing well now and we're getting the job done and see if we had to Celtic could have raised it a gear or oh, two, yeah. but they didn't. They didn't need to because they they got the job done and seen it out. I know in an ideal world we'd, we'd like more goals, but I'll take a win every single day of the week, especially this season because I know the rest of the teams aren't great. But aren't Rangers, great. But, uh, <laughs> aren't great. As well. <laughs> I had a look. It is the, the rest of this league is absolutely miserable. We've <laughs> we've said it before, you know. Admittedly, the points gap between Celtic and Rangers and third and fourth Aberdeen and Motherwell isn't as big as it is in the English Premier League at the moment but 
I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, every team in this league, they're just, they're miserable. They're absolutely miserable. And and what was, that was a good opportunity for us. As you said, could have been tricky. You have to win that game. You have to win that extra game. Keep the pressure on Rangers, just mentally. But then Rangers went out and won anyway. You know, at Hibs, yeah. absolutely miserable against Rangers on the Friday. Yeah, went to check the lineups for the game and uh, it came up, they were winning 2-0 already. So we need to do this on our own. Yeah. Everyone, a game at a time, as we've been saying since this podcast started at the beginning of the season, one game at a time, and that's the way Celtic are obviously looking at it, keeping the pressure on. Yeah, we look, they we're now in the, the position where we're five points ahead, albeit we've played a game in hand, but it's a good opportunity over the next two games to maybe stretch that to eight and see if we go into eight, eight points going into the January break. Plays in that wee hun mind. It does. The wee hun mind starts to doubt things and then they need to bring in players and all that and they probably can't do that. It so, seems every January since they've came back into the league, more or less, they've gone into the December month there or thereabouts in the yeah. league, and then we end up winning it by a, a fair margin. Yeah, none of these teams are particularly good, but I always do enjoy it when a new team emerges as a potential for third, because it's always it tends to be Aberdeen, then Kilmarnock arrived on the scene for a, for a long time. It's not been Hibs or Hearts for, for quite some time now. But Motherwell are having a good season. They're, they're doing really well now. See, uh, I don't know about that. No, no. Well, they're they, doing all right. They're doing well for Motherwell. They're, they're still doing all right. I mean, they're yeah. definitely third. Yeah. yeah, they're doing all right for Motherwell, but uh, I judge it a bit more harshly. Like they have taken... Melly's back. There he is. Melly, yeah. it's, Melly, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Hey, hey, let me finish. <laughs> they haven't taken a single point off Celtic or Rangers, and they've played mm. them what three times? They've been beaten pretty convincingly. Who Motherwell? Game. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're going to be third, you need to start taking some scalps. And really, I want them to take points off Rangers. <laughs> that, that's, that, so what you're doing is hoping that Motherwell listen to this podcast and get G'd up by your words. Um, yes, we leave Hearts rooted to the bottom of the table. There's a three-point gap now between them and Hamilton. Yeah, well, Hamilton beat them at the weekend, didn't they? That's yeah, pathetic. I'm just choking for Hearts to go down. <laughs> I'd rather Hamilton go down, to be honest. It's not funny, though, is it? No, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> the best one is no admin this time. No. It's just because they're utter pish. <laughs> oh, that would be a, a proper legitimate relegation for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Celtic march on. We had another game, a potentially tricky tie. I put in the group chat before this game, that the Aberdeen game I'm talking about, that I, I just had a bad feeling about mm, it. Yeah. I just had a bad feeling about it. You also said I have a bad feeling about every. I game. have a bad. <laughs> it's true. I have a bad feeling it's about true. every game. I don't it's know always why. on the way to the game. You say uh, that. Why are you putting doubt in my head? <laughs> I don't know. Aberdeen again, as Melly's alluded to there, it's one of those things where you, you see the name and you just assume that it's of a higher standard yeah. than the rest of the league. There's it's Aberdeen, their hearts. They've got these bigger reputations than the likes of. You know, Livingston, who have beaten Celtic, you, know, you never would have expected that, but you expect something out of Aberdeen. But Aberdeen, prior to this game, they hadn't scored against Celtic since last Boxing Day. We watched that together. It was the day Scott Sinclair scored the hat-trick, of course. They hadn't oh, scored uh, since then. And it's been 10-0 between the two teams over three ga- four games, actually, because there was a nothing each draw in there as well. So a 3-0, 3-0 and 4-0 and a nothing each draw since then. So... They're not a huge threat to Celtic these days. What's the story, Ball and Goalie? Return to yeah. left back in place of Johnny Hayes. Um, how did he get on Melly this week? I thought he was better than yeah, he was in his previous game against Hibs. He, he was decent enough. Can't really fault him. A few, a few touches, well, 
his first touch is absolutely howling <laughs> and he loses the ball a lot of time because he's going to tackle after that but uh, he was good he stayed wide most of the time and he put in a few decent balls so better better than Hayes was during the week but there's a lovely wee bit of skill from him at one point oh, so uh, was a, wee, a wee kind of he dragged it with his left foot and then played it with his right if Edward had done that we'd all be screaming about it so we have to give him his due there that was an, a lovely wee bit of skill didn't really lead to anything <laughs> he, he did it under no pressure whatsoever but still still a nice nice wee thing to watch we Pretty much murdered Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, it, albeit we only scored two goals against them, but we murdered them. It was a different start from Celtic. Well, not different, but the Hearts game, it was a wee bit slow, but in this mm. game, straight from the off, straight at them. And I've not really seen that a lot from Celtic when they play supposed top four or five teams. Yeah. It's sometimes a wee bit slow, like we've been against Rangers, Hearts, the sort of Hibs game, but straight from the off the other day bang, well, sad even, right at them, going for the jugular, and that's what I want to see, because Aberdeen couldn't handle it. We scored early on, but we had a good couple of chances before that, uh, hit the bar, I think, and there was the goal was coming, and you, you could see it, and once we got that for early goal, Aberdeen are here for the taking, and see yeah. if we had they got that second goal within 10 minutes, we would have absolutely battered them, because they would have caved. Similar in a way to the last game, the the one at Petrodi, where Celtic yeah. just blew them away inside the first half an hour. But I think we all described Aberdeen that day as pathetic. <laughs> they were absolutely <laughs> lamentable that day. They weren't as bad as this, but the dominance um, from Celtic, from the word go, they had several chances, obviously scored after six minutes, but even taking it further than that, I think it was genuinely about half an hour before Aberdeen get out of their own half. Yeah. Like it was about 28, 29 minutes before Aberdeen managed to get out of their own half. Celtic had 28 shots. Yeah, that, that just, I think Aberdeen had one, is that right? One on target, Mate, yeah. one off target. Listen, I need to stop you there. If you're going to do it, do it accurately. They had two. <laughs> Sorry. They, 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 they had one on target. They, they doubled the amount that I gave the credit for it, yes. in fairness. So, um, yeah, I... I when Aberdeen finally got out of their half, it was for a couple of seconds, really. Barely strung a couple of passes together, and then Celtic just took control again. It was, it could have been, it could have been silly numbers in the first half, but it's. I think John Kennedy spoke about it after the game. He said that they can't fault the performance just now, yeah. but it's not always going to be possible to get goal after goal after mm. goal. It's just obviously everyone wants more goals, and I think it's probably going to be important this season with the, the top two being as close as they are. But it can't even work out like that all the time. You will get games like that where you will dominate and dominate, and it just won't just won't fall for you. I think this is just one of those. We it, spoke about in Cham sort of putting the team off balance. That that, that sort of shape that we're dealing with, Melly. Do you feel it was like more apparent in the Aberdeen game than the Hearts game? Uh, going into the second half, it was well. It was when Aberdeen scored. But well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that man Cosgrove. How do you think he got on? <laughs> an eventful <laughs> afternoon for him, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, the guy. And he scored off, goals. Yeah, first off, the guy's definitely a threat. That's He, he scored in the, the previous, um, well, I nearly said the previous game, but the previous time that Aberdeen managed to score against Celtic, mm. which was last Boxing Day, he scored that day as well. 20 goals before Christmas for a team like Aberdeen is some going. I think he's said in commentary, he's the first team, uh, the first player since Duncan Shearer. Probably what, how many? 90s. Uh, it would have been in the 90s, yeah. So he, he's definitely a threat. He's definitely doing something right. Um I don't, I don't want to just fall into the usual... Would you take him? He's only 22. Well, I... Th- we are in the market for a striker. Do you know what? He is a, he's a blunt instrument, but mm. sometimes certain jobs need a blunt yeah. instrument. It's all very well having a sledgehammer and like a paring knife. They don't do the same jobs. Um, also, Edward is a scalpel. Aye, yes. Whereas Sam Cosgrove is a... Oh. 
He's a mallet, yes, really. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. yes. Would I sign him? I, I don't know. I think he would get goals. I think he would definitely get goals for Celtic. I think you're right. He's one of those ones where he gets goals. There's no denying that he's, he's goal-scoring prowess, but I, don't, I just I don't think his overall game is good enough for us, yeah, Melly. You're shaking so. your head. No, no, no. We're better than that. Yeah. We Much are better than, better than that. And for the money you'd need to pay... They were wanting seventy to ten million for that big good McKenna. Aye, but look, he's oh, still on. there. He's still there. He's still there. Oh, we want seven million for this guy. Yeah. Four you? years yes, later, <laughs> look he's at the other side of buying. the pitch. Julian, that's a seven million pound centre half. Yes. So if you're spending five million, you can get better than Sam Cosgrove. Yeah. Definitely. Well, he got a goal, but it was a poor goal for Celtic to lose. Yeah. What I will say, going back to our striker Edward, Celtic should have been high and dry. As opposed to our future striker, Sam Grove. Yeah. Sam Cosgrove, yes. <laughs> Wash your mouth out. <laughs> uh, Edward had a shot where it just hit an Aberdeen player's back and went wide. Mm. He did another one that he just put wide. But there was a lot of balls fizzed across the six-yard box that you need to be in there for them. He drops deep a bit too much for me sometimes. We've got Christie in there. We've got Encham in those positions. He's got to be a bit more clinical because see if he did... He'd have another five goals yeah. by this time this that season. more of the poacher about him, yeah, you know, a wee bit more of the ruthless streak. I just don't want the people about me saying, see, that's why we should have Griffiths on, or that's <laughs> yeah, why we yeah. should have two strikers. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. It's just, just be there, Edward, and you'll be fine. But this, the goal was a pitiful goal to lose from Celtic's point of view, because we give away a silly free kick. We don't really deal with it. It comes back It's a out. soft free kick, in fairness. I think it was at Frimpong, just get tangled up with someone out in, this, out in the wing. You can come on to the ref later as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the cross in, my first instinct when the ball went in was, why is Fraser Foster not coming to claim mm, that? Yeah. That ball is in his six-yard box. The whole way it goes over. And Ayers just beaten by Cosgrove in there. And it's a header at the back post. It should have been dealt with before that for me. I Agreed. thought Foster could have done better there. Talk, we're talking about Aberdeen's goal here. We've not even spoke about the Celtic goal. Yeah, yeah you're right. Actually, we've, <laughs> we've jumped straight ahead to talking about Sam Cosgrove. My fault. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I know what you mean about Foster. He was never one for coming off his nope. line when it came to crosses. It's one. He's been better at that recently, though. Yeah, I was going to say it's the one criticism I would have of him, but it's, there's actually two. Uh, going back to the Hearts game for a for a second, if I could, his kicking was oh. a, was absolutely atrocious in that game. It's, it's been quite good this season, yeah, though, generally I, I, speaking. Normally, it doesn't bother me. Um, it, it's okay. It, it was never his strength anyway. It, it's it's never as apparent as it was in the Hearts game, but I think because Celtic were kind of unable to get their football going, unable to get a real foothold in the game in the first half or so, when Foster is picking up the ball and booting it the entire length of the pitch straight through at the other people, you think, oh, that, is that necessarily the, the best tactic? Even if you're popping it out to a wing and... Getting a flick on? Yeah, if you're getting a flick on, or even if it's going out for a throw-in, I'd rather def- defend a throw-in than have them have the ball and just get it straight back. But no, no. anyway, it was just a, just an observation about the Hearts game. I think he could have come for that because, yes, Sam Crossgrove is a big guy, but do you know who's a bigger guy? Fraser Foster. Yep. And he's got arms on top of that <laughs> as well. So I think he probably could have claimed for it. I don't think Ayer did particularly well either. Although, having said that, Crossgrove just got just got above him. And that, that leads me on to talking about Julian's goal because for that, obviously it was quite scrappy, but Derek McInnes said after the game that you could understand if Julian had risen above his entire defence and headed at home. There's not a huge amount you can do about that. The guy's six foot five, six foot six, or whatever, however he put it. But to lose it in that manner, where he's just got ahead ahead of everybody really and just sort of sclaffed at home, that's that's the kind of unforgivable thing. But I like that, but yeah, I, I like hearing his pain when he's speaking because he <laughs> says it's unforgivable, unforgivable with uh, a team with 
the size of my team that we should be losing a goal. That's all your team is. Big. Big. A big yeah. team because they don't play football. No. I can't remember one decent passage of play from Aberdeen in 90 minutes, not one bit of play where I thought, that's some good football, boys. It makes me wonder what he sees in the likes of James Wilson. because it's obviously, not his player, is No, it? Man United starlet uh, James Wilson, who is... <laughs> He was talked about years ago as being the kind of the new Michael Owen. Now, obviously, really ridiculously high praise, what well over the top praise. But that was the type of player he was supposed to be. Very, very quick, like getting in behind defences, playing off the shoulder. You, you're going to get that Aberdeen, and it probably shows in that he's scored one goal in 2019 for them. I think he's probably got five overall for them. So it's it's a strange signing, first off, and a strange player for. Uh, McInnes to play I don't, I don't really get where he has, you're right he has persisted with him he took him yeah. on loan was it a two year loan or whatever it was yeah, he's, he's no si- he's, yeah, he's, oh he's signed is yeah, he's, yeah. wow oh. <laughs> jeez no luck maybe that fast pace the way we started the game Celtic found that a bit difficult to continue it because definitely in the second half things dropped off a wee bit Melly didn't they yeah they definitely did uh, Hearts, uh, Hearts, Aberdeen sorry same thing back. both crap <laughs> uh, Aberdeen the goal was completely against the run of play and it just you seen it when they went back in it gave them something to hold on to something to believe in because before that they were getting absolutely battered but Celtic they really shouldn't have conceded that goal but after that it was a bit. It wasn't great, and then mm. going into the second half, it wasn't working until the substitution and Mikey Johnson comes on for Cham. Christie goes into his preferred position. Forrest goes into his. Mikey Johnson into his, and that's when Lenny Ball came into full full effect. We had that. We were much yeah. better then. <laughs> yeah, put everyone in their proper positions and everything kicks into gear. What a, what a surprise! But the first half was good enough, but just like that killer instinct. But see Mikey Johnson coming on, it's just great to watch him play because he is so direct. He just goes at players. Just one of those guys. I think every time he gets well, something can happen here. Yeah, yeah. And well, I love, that's why I love side. Mikey Johnson. You're, you're absolutely right. I think I think a lot of people are sleeping on Mikey Johnson, as they say. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a tweet from Marco Cooper recently that says, you know, if Mikey Johnson didn't play for Celtic, we couldn't afford them. Yeah, and, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. And, and I think that's true. I think the, the the couple of glimpses we've seen of Mikey Johnson, especially since he's made his way back for injury, I, I honestly think he's a a really really exciting young player. I think uh, the feet on him is absolutely incredible. Yeah. The, his touch and his skill are absolutely amazing. For the, he's not your typical Scottish player. I think no. maybe people. He's ten times the player rank in this already. Oh, I know. I've been think maybe people look on him as has been I think because he looks quite young and the type of player he is people just expect him to be a wee a floaty wee winger who doesn't really produce anything he's got no, no the end, end product yeah, the end that product, famous the old cliche and all that mm. but it's not true He's he carries a, a lot of goal threat in terms of his final product maybe his link up play with certain players could get better but it certainly will he's, he's still young but he's, he's a tremendous player yeah I think he's he offers more in terms of goals and assists than McGeady and Forrest did when they first yeah. came through. He, he, I think he might be. Though he's a, he's not definitely not as skillful as McGeady, but I think he's ahead of Forrest at the same age. Yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. Speaking of the second half, though, do you know who I didn't expect to come out for it? Rod Stewart. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Shay Logan, because he was hilariously bad. Oh. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> he was absolutely woeful. He's a pathetic what, individual. What is he? I don't understand. Like I see, they've got Ash Taylor. Uh, McKenna and Constantine is the other three of the back four but then you'd think Shea Logan must be the one that powers forward because he's not your typical yeah. McKenna's defender he's not big he's not very good defensively but he offers absolutely no. nothing going forward as and well. we get in his head every single match yeah, we'll uh, in his ma- I mean this whole thing started 
you know, rather distastefully, it must be said, with Alexander Tonev. Yeah, but that yeah. was how long ago? And I'm not telling Shane Logan to forget about it, move on, but what I'm saying is every every match against Celtic, he's still acting up, he's still taunting the fans, still putting the wee nibbles on Scott Brown or whoever <laughs> can get close to him. You're like, this is not, this is no work for you. This has <laughs> no work for you for years. No, he has never once managed anything against any of these players or or managed to like get one over the fans or anything just in terms of his play he's a wee toad he's <laughs> a, a toad <laughs> a slug <laughs> a, little, a little slug um, but <laughs> Melly you said you don't know what he offers it's but it's, it's like if you compare him to his counterpart for Celtic Frimpong who his first instinct is to get forward with the ball as soon as he gets it he's looking to dribble he's looking to do wee step overs he likes that one where he knocks it on his left foot and shows the, the player the ball and then just knocks it past him and gets to the byline Shea Logan doesn't do anything no. what he does is he looks up and belts the ball into midfield more often than not directly to Scott Brown's feet so he'll just he'll take the ball out in the right the right back position and just leather it straight into the centre circle. It mystifies me what he brings to the Aberdeen team. I love it, but he's <laughs> rotten. Just on Frimpong there as well, while you mentioned him. Again, he had a good game, decent game. Yeah. But quiet by his high, high standards. Yeah. But I did notice Aberdeen doubled up on him. And that's oh, yeah, probably something he's going to have to deal with. He's going to have to adjust his game. But if they're doubling up on him, it'll just leave space for other players. And it wasn't until Forrest went over on the right-hand side and was running at players that... There was space created for Frimpong, and I think that's why we need. I know when Christie plays there, he moves inside and leaves the space, but the two of them going down that right hand side really carved Aberdeen open after the substitution. But that's good. That's good news for Celtic. You know, if they're doubling up on a player like Frimpong already, somebody else. I, I mean, especially with how dangerous Celtic's midfield is and the players that play ahead of Frimpong. That's to me, that's rudimentary. Yeah, uh, it's, it's rudimentary. It's a huge boost to him as well. I mean, because he's like a. He's a guy who's 90, just turned 19. We also always have footage of him getting a birthday cake and all that. <laughs> um, and, but how do you double up on a guy that can, with that pace that can run onto yeah, your ball? Uh, yeah, I know. I know it's, it's the usual Derek McKenna stuff, isn't it? It's, it's very, very basic. It's right. either man marking or if that fails, stick two men on him and hopefully that works. Um, <laughs> double and down. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if your man marking doesn't work, do, do two men marking. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, sometimes we do three man marking. The Frimpong, he, he had a quiet game against Hearts and not the not the most impressive game against Aberdeen, although I, th- I still think it was good. But in a weird way, and I'm trying to articulate this this thought I'm having live, see what comes out of my mouth, but in Go a way it. that him having quiet games is actually still encouraging to me because, see, if he has a quiet game, your immediate thought is not to think, well, he's not ready, getting back at the team. Yeah. He, no, he's clearly not ready for this. It's just that... He's human. Yes, he's a... He's a perfectly normal player. He is part of the squad and everyone has the odd off game and he's just... But even his off games aren't bad games. No, no, no. It wasn't even an off game. It's just because at Celtic Park every time he's played, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Did you see the old scrappy do? (laughs) (laughs) That was Julian actually grabbed him by the collar. Brilliant clip. (laughs) What was that? Was it after the red card? Yeah. Yeah, I I suppose we should talk about the red card that's been the hot topic of Mm. debate this week in Scottish football. Um, especially on Twitter as far as I'm concerned it doesn't matter whether they got the ball or not it's it was a red card um, uh, the, the rules if, the rules 
as far as I understand them, state if you're out of control, whether or not you get the ball, doesn't matter. Get a new rule book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? No, but the rules state, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I understand them, that if you're out of control uh, or reckless in your challenge, whether or not you get the ball, doesn't make any difference. You know, Cosgrove got the ball, Ayer was winking at him and all this sort of thing, right? Fair enough. But it doesn't really matter. To me, that's a bit like the bank robbery defence, isn't it? You know, you went into the bank with a gun. Just because you didn't steal the money doesn't mean you, it's not a bank robbery. Just because right. he didn't yeah. injure Ayer doesn't yeah. mean it wasn't a bad tackle. I, I know what you're saying, but it's just for me personally. I so you like to see that, do you? I don't like... Well, if it was the other way about and it was a Celtic player or one of the Aberdeen's players, I think it's tremendous. Like, I thought the Portis tackle was an absolute peach. I know it was on a hun, but yeah. I just don't... If you're going to be dishing out red cards for that, the game's gone potty. <laughs> the game's gone potty. Here's here's Melly. I mean, Stephen, how can we expect our good players to flourish? I mean, people are like, ah, okay, it was on higher and higher can take it. But what if he went through frimpong like that, put wee frimmy right oh, on there? get a different answer out of me. Exactly. No, you're right. And I can see both sides of this because to the letter of the law, I suppose it's a definite red card. But at the same time, I think there was a lot of the usual still images doing the rounds. You can't, I don't, for, they, they do not prove anything, right? Let you, me just tell you something, yeah. right? Don't don't tweet a still image of anything football at me. No. Because you can't you can't tell. No, it's not. Look at the one of Ryan Kemp punching Scott Brown. I know. Uh, not, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. do any justice. You, you could do it with anything. You could go and Google like the greatest tackles in the world ever. In fact, there was one I found um, the other night where it was. Uh, Nesta on Messi from 2011. See if you screenshot that at a perfect, the, the right time. It looks like he's just cleaned them out knee high. And but, you screenshot on old tackles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't Google. What are you doing on your Friday yeah, night? <laughs> don't Google top tackle. <laughs> if you know what's good for you. But just to go back to the point, I think there, a good there, idea. Yeah, there, there were there were screenshots doing the rounds that didn't do any favors, like because. People saying, look, this is clear evidence he's left the ground. But what actually happened was he, he played the ball and then sort of left the ground. He side-footed the ball, but the screenshots made it look as if he'd come in shin height, studs first. That's not actually what happened. He was already past the ball, past the eye, really, by the time his, his studs came up. Right, I, I do see both sides. I think it was probably a red card, but at the same time, Porteous is a good example because I think we were all... It, it just depends who's... Shut! You've got on basically. It is I like, know. I just, I'm just kind of the opinion that you, you can't be doing that, right? You got the ball that time. Good on him. But other players need to watch that and go. They need to think twice before yeah. flying in for a tackle like that. How many of the above boxes that you talk about been off the ground, been out of control with studs up and all that? How many of those boxes did the Johnny Hayes tackle against Wren do so? Because we all celebrated that at the time when he came in. He took the ball with his left foot, and then his right knee just went straight through the guy. Uh, yeah, and we Take all that we all SFA in Monday. <laughs> <laughs> we raved about it at the time, but this is just for discussion's sake. I'm not defending yeah. Sam Cosgrove or Aberdeen or Derek McInnes. It's just for the sake of talking things out. But I think I would be disappointed if a Celtic player gets sent off for it. But I'm not. I'm not going to fight too hard in Sam Cosgrove's corner for it because it, it was it was needless at the same time. Yeah, Ayers produced a brilliant tackle just before that to to win the ball <laughs> in a way probably his own crap right right footed touch gave Sam Crosgrove yeah. the opportunity to do that um, but there was no need for him to tackle with that ferocity in that area of the pitch whatsoever while we're on Christopher Ayer the good and the bad see a few weeks ago when you said about how many touches he takes with his right foot <laughs> I've started watching it closely guess how many accounted he took with his left foot uh, at the game at the weekend 
Sixteen. One. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be completely wrong there, but I, I just noticed that every touch he takes One. was with his right foot. Yeah. But uh, when we're talking about, obviously that's a bit of a criticism. But the guy made I'm the bet. second. The guy made the second goal. Um, yeah, yeah. Run from the defence. And Aberdeen, as they do with their man marker and all that, that's what you need when you're doing that. And then he plays it into Christie and a great ball through for Edward. And Edward finally takes a first time shot with his left foot and it's in the back of the net. Edward Wonderful. Looked, Edward looked as if he'd put a like a difficult setting on himself that day. He, he yeah. was taking the extra touch, maybe things convoluting things a wee bit for himself, but nothing wrong with that finish. It was a, just a lovely wee pass into the, the bottom corner oh. uh, with, with the left foot. Again, you don't save those precision and all that stuff. Um, you interested at all in the penalty claim for Edward when no, he was brought down? Nah, never a penalty, was it? He was fortunate though, James Wilson, in, in yeah. fairness. Um, he totally miscontrolled it. Edward was was on him like an absolute shot and then Wilson got the tiniest of toes to the ball buying him. So it was a good decision from the ref, in fairness. Was it, Matt? Because I thought the ref was <laughs> absolutely howling. It was, and because he was so howling, I was like, how did he see that touch? Now, no, surely he didn't see that touch, but there was... I've, I've never heard Ewan... What was his name? Ewan Anderson? Never heard him before, but... Uh, Oh, he didn't really ingratiate himself to the Celtic fans. They were, they were not happy bunnies at halftime. And right, <laughs> no, so there were some wild decisions from him in there. But I think that's why Cosgrove did get the red card. I know you said by the letter of the law is a red card, but I think because he'd made so many decisions wrong, got the crowd so incensed that when that happened, he felt he'd no other choice but to send them off. Because Good, so you're saying if you just apply a, bit, a, wee, a wee bit of pressure to these refereeing dweebs, <laughs> um, we can we can get things to go our way. Yes, exactly yes, what they are. We've got another dweebs. one coming up as well next weekend. Oh, yeah. that's, what I, that's what I like to see. See that Ojo that plays for Aberdeen? Yeah. He's not related to the Rangers Ojo, Shea, is he? Ojo, no, he isn't. But I do. Shea is a, is, she's, I don't know if that's his real name, is it? Shea, I don't know how is you pronounce it? it either. But I do enjoy that the Aberdeen Ojo's first name is Funzo. <laughs> Sounds like a clown. Funzo the clown. Funzo the Aberdeen clown. <laughs> when in real life, the Aberdeen clown is Shea Logan. <laughs> um, so the Celts march on. Yes. Rangers weren't playing that time, but the Celtic football match winning machine <laughs> continues to trundle along the track. And that victory pushed us five points clear at the top of the league, albeit yeah. with a game in hand. Next up is St Mirren. Now, last time we had an insignificant game, somewhat um, all I did was skip right over it in the podcast we never right. gave it a single thought and it turned out to be a trickier game than we all expected that was of course the Hamilton game yeah that's right um, so I'm not going to do the same thing to St Mirren what I will say is St Mirren have won one in their last five mm. we really need to be winning that sort of game it is on Boxing Day the wee bellies will be full of turkey and all that sort of thing <laughs> um, far too many celebrations uh, as well. a couple of pigs in blankets yeah. <laughs> um, but you, yeah see that one see that one don't make a meal of it just get, get on with the game. So to speak. So yeah. to speak. Yeah. So to speak. We're at the point now where there was five games to go. There's two games to go now. Two games in what? Four days? Until what? And then you until get your Dubai, wee break. Mate. You oh, until Dubai. Dubai. Oh, you get your wee is. break, boys. So until think... Scott Sinclair posts more bloody thirst traps on Instagram. <laughs> <he's>... <laughs> None of your fatigue chat, none of that, Lenny. Leave there's, been, it out. there's been an offer, there's not been any of that. Oh, really. you mentioned it at the weekend. Oh, there. did they? Yes, that. At, uh, well, was it the end of the Hearts game? One of them mentioned a wee bit of fatigue. I was like, there's a week left, none of this. Just let them get through these next two games. Two two wins, and we are going into this break yeah. looking really good. Right, so that's us done St. Mirren. Yeah. Is that enough? Do you think that's enough for them? I think that's enough. That's enough to get us out of the bad, the bad luck. T- touch wood, right? Touch wood. Let's do Rangers. <laughs> What did I say after the cup final, Stephen? 
Lots of things. Lots and lots of things, yeah. <laughs> what I mostly said was Celtic, never do that again. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and and, right. and that is that is what I want going into this game against Rangers. This is an ironclad, stone-cold opportunity, Melly, to put proper daylight between us and them. And we are going to Dubai and they're going to Butlins and we can make them really, really, really sweat this. Are they Huns are following us to Dubai actually this year? Yeah, splashing the cash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a great opportunity. That's not us going to Dubai, by the way, we're referring to (laughs) (laughs) Celtic. It's a really good opportunity because, look, look, this time last year they beat us and we had to go in at that international break spewing. They had just signed Davis, Defoe. We were all questioning what were the board going to do because of all the indifference. Tables could turn this year. If we beat St Mirren and then we beat them eight points, that is a big gap. Now, I know they've got a game in hand, but psychologically, yeah. that's massive. Even if, I want in that hand, you know, even if they win their game in hand, even if they win their game in hand, five points, Stephen, is the way things are going, five points is a lot. It's huge, given how the season has gone to date. Uh-huh. It's been very, very, very tight and to the point where it's. For a long time, it was the odd goal was yeah. in it between the two teams. So, but I mean, I'm defeatist. If we were five points behind them, I'd be sitting here going, "Game over, man! Game over!" <laughs> They're going to win the league nine. They're in the bin, you know. No, you're you're right. It's uh, five points is huge going in it, and it's a huge psychological um, blow to give them at this time of year. <laughs> um, what I would say about this is that you made a point on the la- the last time we talked about the Huns. Um, how I usually watch these games or how I usually digest and consume these games is that I'm nervous on right in the build up to it, nervous all the way through the game, generally win, the odd, the odd blip here yes. and there, but Celtic usually win, I'm just like, right, but I mean, that's done, you move on, but um, very rarely do I look back at the, after we've recorded the podcast, but you, you said that that's several times now that Rangers have you know, ostensibly outplayed Celtic, but Let, let's just let's just call it what it is. They have out this Stephen Gerrard Rangers team have outplayed Celtic over the piece, yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, over several games now, but still never come away with anything. We yes. talked last time without going into it again. We talked last time about the, the the mental block, the psychological barrier that they all seem to have, especially of Alfredo Morelos. But what I would say is there's only so long you can keep getting away with that before Celtic are going to need to turn up and, and put... I, I just 100%. I want to see Celtic outplay them this time. And this is the perfect, as you say, an ironclad opportunity to do that. It's at home. There's a real opportunity there to go and... Put take, them in their place. Yeah, go and put them in their place. Go and outplay them and go and... It doesn't even need to be of back to the Rogers days of 5-0. It doesn't need to be that. Even if you just go out there, just sweep them aside, casually beat them 2-0 those are very satisfying as well I just love to see that I just don't want it to be so 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 tense and then Celtic just Celtic in it really yeah. just coming out with um, yet another champions performance I, I just want to go and do them you know Stephen touched on something that I was about to, I was about to say there you know whatever, I think Celtic are skating on thin ice as far as these performances mm. against Rangers go at times um, never thinner than the last one yeah, yeah yeah, the thinnest of thin ice they are <laughs> yeah. thinner than the ice on the top of a Vianetta <laughs> Melly um, <laughs> and whatever you think in my opinion on the matter is Celtic have went 18 months winning you know 5-0 4-0 you know we would sit here doing this but do you think it'll be the 5 I think you think <laughs> we'll get the 7 yeah. to squeaking through um, against them now don't get me wrong I think Celtic are the better team I just think we contrive to make life very difficult for ourselves against Rangers. And Neil Lennon needs to find a shape and a solution that comprehensively shows how much of a better team they are. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I wonder if he will go with the same team that started against Aberdeen on Saturday because Rangers sort of 
Remember the wee ball, dominate the ball, yeah. dominate the pitch. Will they do that because they have Aribo coming inside as well? So I wonder if they'll think that's the best way for Celtic to do that. But then again... Well, you mean the start lineup from Aberdeen? Yeah. Yeah. Then again, you wonder, is it best going with, I'd say, Johnston and Forrest, like we did at the first game at Ibrooks, and just get the ball out wide to them as quickly as possible and go one-on-one with their two fullbacks because we know they're pretty rotten at that. Mm. I, yes. I think we do need the extra body in midfield, I think. So you're putting in charm in there? Well, oh. I, know, I, just, I know that just contradicts absolutely everything I said there, Melly Wright, but about throwing off the balance of the team, but I think having someone that can put their foot on the ball and play an extra guy that can play a bit of football in the midfield would be would really be the key for Celtic unlocking what Rangers have got there yeah you could be right I think in Cham these are the games that I would worry about in the least European mm. games and games against these uh, mankeys but <laughs> I think having Christie in the centre could work as well and do you know what having Johnson on the bench to come on yeah. they'll get tired because they'll not be able to keep up that pressure like they do Rangers, I know we haven't scalped them for a long time, but they have improved. But I think this season, compared to last, we've improved as well. Yeah. So I really think this this could be quite a season-defining game here. Oh, without a doubt. If we this beat is... them and Aye. see if we be, we scrape through it and get a 1-0 or a 2-0, I'd be happily take it performance-wise. I'm not expecting that Celtic to go out there and batter them because it's at the end, it's the last game before this break and psychologically that's a big thing for both teams. You don't want to go in there eight points behind or Celtic don't want to go into that. No. Just the two points behind without the game in hand. So I think it'll be tight, but I'd absolutely love a Celtic win, but see a Celtic win to nil. So would they go into this reflecting a lot thinking... We've played them three times this year. We've not scored against them. I would love well, that. Well, yeah. that's another thing, Stephen. I think we're skating on thin ice with because you know Morelos. He lost the head. Yeah, uh, he, he lost. Yeah. He lost the head against us at Hamden. It'll be interesting to see if he plays again. I think he will. I think Stephen Gerrard will be of the mentality that oh well, that boy's got a point to prove. I'm going to stick him in against Celtic. But I, I'm a bit different from Ellie. I think I do think it'll be a season-defining game. But I think we need to win and we need to have a good performance against the week because see if we dominate them. See if they dominate them. That that would have a huge psychological blow for the rest of their season because they will think, God, maybe the cup final is the closest we are going to yeah, get. I, I agree. I think if Celtic go out there and really put a stamp on them and really just blow them away, I think it's done. I think yeah. the season is over. I think they will. <gasps> t- t- I think. I don't, I don't mean. Talk. I, don't, I don't mean you, like you give the trophy out, but I think as far as them being able to recover from something like that, because. As much as they'd have been gutted about losing the cup final, of course, they they all did still come away thinking, "Oh, we see, we just it just shows you we can go toe to toe. We can." Uh, I think that's Sam, they want, but they want staunchness. And yeah, that's it. Fight. You know, the phrase like "more than a match" was was flying yes. around after it and so on. So Is I that think Alex Ray? it was uh, Tam McManus. Tam yes, Mc- oh, Jesus, yes. Um So I think. Yeah, obviously it's it's been greedy to just go out and think, right, we're going to go out and do them 4-0. But I think as long as you, not so much comprehensively, but outplay them this time, because Morelos is another thing, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on him too much, but one thing I don't want Celtic to do is give him another eight chances. That we, <laughs> yeah, I, we, we simply if, that cannot. Would be, yeah. that, if there's one takeaway from the cup final, let's not give Morelos <laughs> no. eight chances to break his duck. I, I talk about it. I talk about him having the, the psychological barrier, the, the mental block and all that but am I going to hang my hat on that am I going to bet the house on psychological barriers mm. no I am not you just it, it, it's unsustainable this if you keep giving them chance after chance after chance yeah. after chance one one of them is going to go in and you just you don't want that because that breaks the 
it breaks that duck for him and all that, and you just don't want to give yeah, them these want, advantages. You want him to send him away down to Crystal Palace about he's <laughs> yeah. going. We would never having scored against us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one, not for sale, mate. Not for sale. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> one big difference though from the cup final will obviously be Edward starting for Celtic. Yes. It never yep. started cup final. Came on. We were definitely, definitely much better after he came on, Stephen. Mm-hmm. But you want him to start the game. You want all of our best players fit and ready for this one. Elianusi's not going to be fit. Nope. No, no, he's out into the new year. Which sort of questions why we started him in the in the in the cup final and why we played him in the cup final, but Odson Edward definitely changes the dynamic because we talked about Morgan at the cup final. He completed one pass. See if see if Lewis Morgan's up front, you can all but forget about him. Connor yeah. Goldson will look. Go do your thing. I'll I'll take care of him. But with Odson Edward on the pitch. Entirely different proposition. Oh, they're terrified of him, and and oh, rightly, rightly so. so. Because, yeah, because he does it against them time after time, and yeah, it'll be, it's it's going to be an old team. We talked about this the last time as well. Where it's just a different team with Odson Edward out in or out of the Celtic team. It's just it's just very different. There's no replacing that. There's no one in the Celtic squad who's a as good as him or nope. b who can provide. Not the same. in the country. So no, as well, like, exactly. So having him is a, a huge boost. Just when you said about El Unice been out until the new year, I do enjoy those headlines that come out around about this time of year where it's all clickbait. So it's like such and such. Celtic Ace is out for the rest of the year. It's the twenty first of December, mate. <laughs> uh, is, is that, see you next year, partner. <laughs> Not funny. Not funny. El Unice is a blowout. I want to see him back in the team because I'd love to see what he does against Rangers. He's not mm. really had that, that real opportunity yet to go out and destroy them because I think he could do absolute like, serious damage against the likes of Tavernier yeah. oh, and all that. Yeah. And I would have I have concerns over Forrest on the left if that's the, the team that Celtic eventually put out in this game. I have concerns over him because as much as we've given him credit for still contributing as much he's come into it in recent seasons but he's had a couple of games off against Rangers recently as well and James Forrest is his career is kind of peppered, is, is littered with games off against Rangers. It basically, it basically hardly ever shows up for Rangers. Like yeah, it's, just... it's, it's, it's been unfortunate. So I'd like to see him in his proper position. If if the selection just simply doesn't allow for it, then I'd rather have him in the team than not. But I would really rather see him on the right-hand side where he belongs. I think the key to this game for Celtic, in my opinion, is getting control of that midfield. I think putting in Cham in there, I think, would really help. Having Edward on the pitch is obviously going to help. Left back, you're probably looking at bowling goalie again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, think so. Get him in there. Right, I'd leave that to Frimpong. Everything else more or less picks itself once you've got those players in. But this is a big game for us. One we must win. Very forceful. Yeah. I was I was practicing for my Christmas oh. panto. That was my Christmas <laughs> panto voice. Yes, yeah. Uh, you've declared it a must win. Aye. You've declared it a must win at this late stage. Uh, ho 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 that's my <laughs> that was my Santa voice. <laughs> so some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just derail whatever point? Yes, yes. It, it doesn't matter. It was it was worth it. That's the main thing. Is you can't put a price on Christmas comedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was t- waiting for this to send it. It's a time months. for giving and all that. Um, yes, back to the team. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I agree. It's, it picks itself um, with one or two exceptions. And Cham, I'm definitely not against him playing, but again, it's all going to come down to who's available. Uh, Johnston, as Melly said, is a, a tremendous option to have on there because they're they're going to end up... The guys that's having here, they can't deal with a player like that. He's, he's all about attacking. If you've got someone who you really need to think about and Mikey Johnson, it's just going to pin him straight back. Rangers' entire game is lots and lots and lots of crosses from James Tavier 
into the box for Alfredo Morelos to hit as hard as he can towards <laughs> yeah. the goal, and that's basically what 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 another one of those mallets is. we talked about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. I'd like to see Johnson get a shot at them as well because most of the games he's played against them has been at Ibrox, two of them up front by himself and then he obviously set up Edward early in the season but with a bit more space in our home park I think he can rip them to shreds. And on that, I suppose we don't do predictions in this one, uh, on this podcast very often but I might as well ask you for some predictions for this game. Go for it Stephen, what are you thinking? 4-1. No chance. 4-1 and that would be another one for Julian in there somewhere. Okay, I might bet on that this time again. Melly? 1-0. I'd I'd take a 2-0. And on that, we will end with a competition. Quiz? Uh, No, not a quiz, a competition. (laughs) I've done this to you in the group chat many, many times but you have to be real. I am so serious on this. This is not a joke. I want you to sing. No. I want you to sing. <laughs> sing. It's Christmas. I want you to sing Silent Night and you must be real. No joking. Because I was going to go with Have yourself no, no, that's 20 joking. minutes, Tim's No, it's joking. It's, you're all going to have one go at it because it's so cringy and so awful that even the, the hairs on my back and my neck are starting to stand up with cringe right now. Right, go Melly, go. Be serious if you joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's no, that, that wasn't even that wasn't even a note. Right, go, go, and I'll try. Go, 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 go. Night, holy night. No, you're joking. You can't do it. Right, go, oh, go. Sa- no, no, joking. Sigh. Oh, not joking. You're not Bing Crosby. Just do it properly. Sa- <laughs> right, go, go, go. Sa- <laughs> right, okay. No, I'm not doing it. Not a chance. Not a chance. And on that, on that, we will just like to say thank you very much to for listening to us. Thanks to everyone that's listened to us throughout the year and tweeted us and commented on us. I think we've got one of these before the end of the year, don't we? Two? How many? How many Mondays before the end of end just, of the decade? Just one. Yeah. Just, just one. one. So have a great Christmas, everyone. Yeah, yes. Merry Christmas to one and all, and thanks for listening. you
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.